Welcome to Sundays on the East End. I'm Bridget Leroy. And I'm Alex Sokolow. We're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant, BridgehamptonInn.com. Is the is the online portal it is. otherwise in- incredible experience, warm, cozy, delicious. Not not the best because we can't say what's the best. Well, but we could say but it's it is kind the, of the, it best. Is the best. We're just not. It is the best uh, ab- abstractly. Our hands are tied as saying to as to what is the best of anything on this show. Okay. But we're the best. We can say that. You are the best, Bridget. You're how, awesome. how are you? How are you this week? You have a good week. I I, I did. Uh, my son came home on on Wednesday. Which and one? Bing. Oh, I nice. haven't seen him since July. So he's that been was, out out west. Yeah, he's been out west and and. Uh, it's great. I'm really glad he's back, but uh, but I'm a, I'm away this weekend, as you know, doing my my shaman thing, and uh, and actually I have a trip uh, this coming week um, for Valentine's Day. I am going down to Atlanta to visit uh, Matthew Rayner. A lot of people are familiar with Matty Ray, Matt Rayner. He is the uh, commercial fisherman who was um, paralyzed in a freak accident diving um, diving into the water, and he just hit the sand the wrong way, and he's paralyzed from the the chest down. But he's at the Shepherd Center. In Atlanta, and this kind of leads us around to movies, um, it kind of happened in a very roundabout movie way, because our guests today are people from the Sag Harbor Cinema. Um, and happy Oscar Sunday, everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you get that walk, cup you, of coffee at 5 p.m. to stay up for the end of the show. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what happened was that I got this weird uh, Facebook message from someone who was listed under a man's name, who was always, oh, you know, I love your post. And I'd be like, huh, yeah, hi, you too. You know, didn't know who it was. And it turned out um, that she was the um, head nurse at Shepherd uh, Spinal Cord Rehabilitation Center in Atlanta and was also an enormous Julie Andrews fan, uh, God bless her. And um, through a couple of different things with my sister Emma, we were able to um, arrange for her to, to get a shout out or, or something with Julie on, on the book tour that, that Emma and Julie were recently That's doing. Lovely. And it's not a I scratch your back, you scratch mine, but because of her interest in Julie Andrews, she also has managed to get Matt a long and um, free stay at the Shepherd Center. So um, he's making huge progress and learning how to transport himself. But anyway, but he's lonely, so I'm going to go down and spend a day with him. Why? That's nice. And will you watch a movie with him? Well, that wow, what a good segue. You were the master of the segue. That's it. I don't need my hands. I'm just on the segue. <laughs> um, am I going to watch a movie with him? Yeah, probably. Or maybe like something funny. Maybe you should go down to, comedian. you know, down in Atlanta, there's the Cyclorama, the Cyclodome. Yeah, there's there's, a, it's by the Atlanta the Zoo. Fo- the Fabulous Fox. No, no, but there, it's it's by the Atlanta Zoo, and it's it's this thing where you sit, and this ginormous mural of the Civil yeah. War goes by. And the reason I mention it, because this is going to come back to movies, is they painted Rhett Butler into it because of Gone with the Wind. And people and must so have been, like, can, super pissed. No, actually, it's, it. it's celebrated. Okay. And so it's, but you sit there, and you're watching the Battle of Atlanta and whatever that is and whatever it means. Sherman's and, march through Atlanta. And, and then the um, Atlanta. and then there's and then there's uh, Rhett Butler. And then there's Rhett Butler. Yeah. And then there's frankly my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's talk a little movies. Talk um, movies. You know you about know, movies. I, I the Oscars are an interesting thing. I I I have had the good fortune of being nominated for, for Toy Story and mm-hmm. had the experience and I can tell you before and after that experience, I'm, I'm actually a little bit dubious about awards, and I think that when you look at art and you think about the quest for reaffirmation and the quest for awards, it, it gets in the way of perhaps a, a certain purity. 
Um, people are, are, are so desirous that they make all their decisions based on, I hope I get a trophy, I hope I'm right. I don't know if they do as much anymore. I really think well, that, I mean, I when we get I, to the Sag Harbor Cinema, I think that independent cinema has no, made no, such I, an No, no, I'm, I'm saying conceptually. Leap. Yeah. Um, and yet, at the same time, I think it's a wonderful carrot that forces people to, to take risks. And, and so, um, but like the year before I, I had that experience, I sat at home and I watched the Academy Awards show, <laughs> snarking at everybody as if, I, they were on a different planet, and then the next year I had the experience, and I, I will say to everybody in your own walk of life, uh, I hope you get six weeks of self-indulgence where people tell you you're great, and you go to dinners, and you meet people that are your idols, and, and you have this entire heightened experience. It really is a fairy tale. Um, that, you are so that, jaded. Do you not remember a junior year in high school? Come on. With I wasn't nominated for an Academy Award then. I'm not talking about you for once. We're not talking about you. Okay. And we're not talking about me. What happened? 1981. Like I guess that's the year uh, we graduated. 1981, uh, Scorsese gra lost for a Raging Bull to Kevin Costner's Dances with Wolves, I believe. What happened was uh, my stepfather won an Oscar and you were over at my house with all of us watching the Oscars. I have no record. You jumped up on top of my bed and went, wow, Tony won. Uh, I, I, you seriously don't remember being at the Oscar party? You're talking I, about high school, Bridget? Like, God, like who remembers you, high school? Uh, well, like that's. <laughs> I I'm sorry, it's not the high school that I remember. It's my father winning an Oscar. Okay. So you know, All yes. Right. Well, well, I only got nominated, so I I don't know. No, but I, I did go when my Gramps got the um, Irving Thalberg Award. That well, was fun. Cool. That was a what cool. was that like? That was really cool. It was the year uh, Nicholson won for uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Keith Carradine sang. Um, I'm easy, but I don't think he won. But that was the part that I remembered. <laughs> so that was really fun. But you know, I grew up. I grew up with all those people, like Aunt, you know, Aunt Greer and Uncle Buddy. That was Greer Garson and Buddy Fogelson, and you know, Uncle, you know, Carrie at the racetrack, and I mean, all that stuff. That that was part of my yeah. The, the one one really cool thing that I do carry in a nice warm places the oscar lunch which happens about a week or two weeks before the award show every nominee uh, shows up at the beverly hills hilton and you wear a name tag and you know it's it, we we have brains that kind of we we can recognize the stars we can recognize people we know but it is so unbelievably amazing and humbling to be in a room with so many talented people and you see their name you see what they did on whatever movie and you yeah. realize movies are are these like incredible um, it, it's it's art and it's singular, but it's actually so collaborative. And there could be a hundred or two hundred brilliant people working pretty much anonymously on every movie Absolutely. that we experience, and they're all so good at what they do, and they're masters at what they do. Well, and that that to me is like one of the things that I celebrate when I think about movies. And I still, because I was raised this way, and I'm sure you do too, sit through to the end of of the credits. No, I'm, I'm out of there. <laughs> I usually have to pee. Say, <laughs> so who wrote it? If it wasn't me, I'm out. No, no, but I love yeah. the sitting because it, it, like they say, it takes a village. I mean, you see these credits yeah. and they go on and on and on. And it drives me crazy on Netflix or Amazon when the movie ends or, or it's something, uh, uh, you know, an episode ends and they start like saying next episode in three, two, one. And they're rolling the credits so fast. You can't see the, you can't honor these people, yeah. these anonymous people who were the ones who made sure that that car was there and went across at that moment. And, yeah. you know. And bought the scarf that she wore in that famous scene or you know whatever and then, and then you know we are Sundays on the East End and so now let's like kind of maybe pivot a little bit towards <laughs> towards the East End towards Sag Harbor yes. and I, I certainly know as a kid being taken out here by my folks you know you had the uh, drive-in 
uh, where uh, in the Bridgehampton Commons is now, and, and, and Southampton College would show movies. I saw Billy Jack there, I can remember. Right. But, but it's that cinema in Sag Harbor. And the po- remember the post office cinema? Oops. Post office cinema yeah, in East Hampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Eric's the, but, dad but it, but it's was the, a, um, got let the guy who took your tickets. But there. it's the cinema in Sag Harbor I, I, I yeah. want to focus on because that was always this kind of magical, mystical place. It it stunk. It was old. The seats were all bald, uh, as were most of the audience. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and yet the movies that got shown there were such magnets for me, and they were not the typical movies that you would see in wide release. Um, I know when I moved out here about five years ago, one of the intangible things for me was, oh, well, I'm not moving to the country because there's this cinema there, and I know I'll be able to see and absorb things. And so like many people, when it did burn down and had that fire a couple years ago, it was a real shock to my system. Um, But I can say now, I can say, well, the good news is it burned down. And it's being rebuilt into something greater no, absolutely. than it ever was. There's a, re- there's a the, rebirth. Yes. And so I, I think that when you talk about, when we talk about movies, uh, it's everybody has their own memories and in their own relationship, but that it really is this community uh, that we all share. It's a language we all share. It's, it's a chance to have p- uh, common experiences with strangers and have a, a, a chance to connect. And it is like a cinema like the South Sag Harbor cinema mm-hmm. that is reopening soon uh, that I think makes the East End a little bit more special for me. That sounds like a good segue, a hands-free segue for us. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and, and Alex. Alex oh, I said your name. That's okay. You're, you're stepping on my line and you're walking on my key light. Jesus, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you got a very big key light, dude. Um, anyway, so we're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and you're listening to us on WPPB-FM, Beconic Public Broadcasting, Long Island's only NPR station, which is just ending a fun drive, but it's never the wrong time to support listeners-supported public radio. You can easily make a donation at 883WPPB.org, and we'll be right back with our guests. Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Zocolo. And we're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn on 88.3 WPTB FM. And now we'd like to bring on our guest. This is so exciting from the Sag Harbor Cinema. We have Gillian Gordon Crozier. Hello. Hello. Thanks for coming on. And we have Julia Daniolo Valan. Hello. Oh, did I? Yes, you did. You say it. Julia Daniolo Valan. It's beautiful. And and, and Julia, uh, where do you hail from? Uh, I, from Italy, from uh, Italy. Torino, yeah. Uh-huh. Torino, oh yeah. my gosh, how and, gorgeous. And uh, let's just dive in, like, well, what brought you to the East End? The East End, uh, well, uh, a boyfriend. 
Right. <laughs> no, uh, you're not the first person on air no, to say that. No, it was here. it was actually it was actually um, so, uh, um, a boyfriend at the time who had grown up here, and he was Italian. He was born in Italy, but uh, he he grew up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so when we re- when we met in New York, it, this seemed the only place where he had had an extensive. He, he had a very uprooted childhood, so this was like where he spent yeah. the most year. And he kept t- telling me how wonderful it was, and he had lived in Sag Harbor and Wainscott. And then, so we started coming out together. Uh, and, for, and you for got that. the bug. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and I never left. And Jillian, yeah. how about you? What? Jillian, you're, you're a local, aren't you? I don't think I entirely qualify, although I did start life almost here. I mean, we moved from Scotland to Amagansett, where my dad was the minister of the Presbyterian Church. Wow. So he was a Church of Scotland yeah. <laughs> minister. And, a splitter. Yeah. And so, wait, wait, so we, so, but how old were you when you moved oh, out here? I can't even say. Yeah. I was so I was really right. young. I That's mean, I amazing. Was, I was you know I hadn't even gone to school yet. But but then we lived here for a while, and I think my we were paid. I think Dad was paid in sort of blueberry pies and lobsters and, and salvation and salvation. Yeah, don't forget the salvation. <laughs> I'd like extra salvation uh, with my know, lobster, he, please. He had been a this kind of extraordinary prisoner of war. He'd been four and a half years a prisoner of the Japanese wow. on the, building the the railway of death, and so uh, he then wrote his book here actually, which which um, is. You know, so a lot of people know him out here, and he he was very much, he's very he was very much loved, and he's married a lot of people out here, and he's you know oh, baptized a, a lot of people out here. Oh, when you say he married a lot he's of people, officiated out here, a marriage. I, I get it. A, okay, yeah, exactly. it's not like Larry King we're talking about. Okay, you <laughs> exactly. mean he has performed the wedding and, okay. and uh, turning it to movies. So uh, in like Bridge Over the River Kwai, like did that movie get shown I think in your house? Bridge on the River Kwai. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. because of that movie and ways. because mm-hmm. it was fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the publishers came to my father and said, "Would you write your true story, which was called, which was about his experience on on the River Kwai and building uh-huh. the Railway of Death?" And he such uh, a great it was anti-war an war movie, yeah, yeah absolutely, uh, and, and, and psychological drama. Uh, David Lean. Uh, We've talked about this before because I remember Kyle Lynch, our brilliant producer. Well, you also Lars. thought I was at your house at the Oscar night, oh, shut and it up. wasn't that. You you were, but no, but uh, Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> plays like another David Lean thing because yeah. we can go off on movie tangents. But David, but David Lean had that ability to tell the story of the individual in the greater universe, and uh, uh, that, just, that mm. uh, among the movies, when people always say, "What are your favorite movies?" That movie uh, is Alec one Guinness. of the oh my God. transformative movies for me. And that performance by Alec Guinness, it's just unbelievable. I mean, yeah. uh, we did we did do there was a version of my father's book which co- was called Through the Valley of the Kwai, which was is now was now called uh, To End All Wars, which was made uh, in the early '90s. So. Oh, really? His his book was made yeah. into a movie. Yeah, it's his well, experience. It's his transformative experience. Yeah. This is kind of bringing me though to one of the things that that uh, the Sag Harbor Cinema, even though the building isn't finished, you guys have been doing lots and lots of programming. And one of the things you're doing is like, for example, today, and I'm sure it's sold out. Is Ed, Ed Burns is going to be talking about the Last Picture Show at two o'clock, and um, so the, so here we are talking about movies. I mean, have you thought about why don't you show show Bridge on the River Kwai and give and give your dad's take on it well, or something? We can do that if yeah. Julia will let. We'll oh, Julia, yeah, hold the, the head of programming. Okay. So let, let's so let let's, everybody so out let's there talk no, to but, Julia. No, but for everybody out there, let's describe everybody's roles in yes. this conversation. Okay, Julia, Julia, you were on board first. 
Yes, I was. You go first. Uh, yes, I, I, I was. I was actually yes. I've been. I've been in the uh, uh, in, involved in the cinema project since two thousand nine. Since many years before it actually burned right. down, because there was always the idea of turning it into a non for profit and 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 you know and enhancing what uh, Jerry Mallow had done uh, mm-hmm. and in, you know bringing it to the third millennium, like you know from a technical point of view and also just bringing more things, you know. And uh, so I was very happy when they asked me to. Uh, to uh, become the artistic the artistic director and, and it was me that man convinced the board early on and I and I'm very glad that they picked on the uh, on the suggestion that we should start program even without the without the cinema you know because we we should just start giving an idea what things we could do you know it's very limited but the local arts organization really embraced us and that allows us to use their spaces that's you what know. I was gonna say it's so amazing I mean I, yeah. I I really remember back when Bay Street started since my, my sister yeah. was the first artistic director of that was you know there there was a lot of you know uh oh now no one will go to this place or whatever like that but but it created like the more like art creates art like the more art there is the more people hunger for it so it's so wonderful that that so you're the artistic director did you grow did I mean did you grow up with some particular films that you just oh I I I'm very omnivorous, you know. I, I used to not go to school and go to the movies. There was a, a cinema in Torino that would sh- program film in the morning, and so I would just <laughs> normally cut school and go and see stuff. And it, you know, it they was, must have expected kids were going to do that. I uh, mean, that's I, like, I, I, right? is, is the cinema in Sag Harbor going to offer uh, like a? Because I, I always think that with the way that movies can be distributed now, with all the digital and satellite uh-huh. stuff, that you you have this public space, uh, and it's there 24 hours a day. And that there are these downtimes that don't have to be downtimes in the mornings, as because that's a magical time to watch a movie. Yeah, I mean, it, dep- it depends. You know, it depends on how we evolve, and uh, 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 you know, it's going to be a slow. I think a little slower. But yes, I mean, the idea is to use the space as much as as much as possible to make it available. You know, to to the community. One thing that I enjoy a lot, and I don't know if we'll be able to do it, but you know, all fully. I uh, when I, this was when I was in college, we did have um, uh, programs um, in, at college that were integrated with a, a local independent cinema. So you know, for example, there was one year there was a course on the American. New Deal, and then the uh, there would be a film program, you know, right. on the American New Deal. That How you, amazing! You, so, you know, so it's it was really interesting. Right. Well, and and you know, um, if I if I remember this correctly, It's a Wonderful Life uh, was actually which came out in the late thirties yeah. uh, was very uh, pro the New Deal. It didn't. Yeah. And, I think and, it, and and the big part about the home savings and loan, yeah, and the idea that we all can own a house was part of Roosevelt's bigger... Yeah, but yeah. It, was, it was like 1946 or 47, the movie was released. The movie in the 40s. But, but, but they, they had the, one of the best scenes I've ever... There are some scenes, and this I want to talk about movies, I really do. Two scenes that always stay with me, even thinking of them right now, give me chills, is the scene in It's a Wonderful Life, which everyone thinks is this happy little, you know, thanks, Clarence. It's the scene where everybody shows up at the savings and loan, they want their money, the money isn't there because it's in your house, it's in your house, it's in your house, and then... A fire truck goes by outside. All you hear is rear, 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 and in silence, everybody runs to the window to look, and then everybody comes back. What a brilliant moment! It's got shivers hearing about that, right? Yeah. And the other is um, 
in cabaret, God bless Bob Fosse, um, because when when the kid stands up and starts singing "Tomorrow Belongs to Me" and then pans down, you see that he's you know this gorgeous young man singing about "Tomorrow Belongs to Me," and you see he's wearing a Nazi thing at this outside you know beer hall, and then the people who stand up to sing along with him and the people who are sitting there shaking their heads, and then you just see the the master of ceremonies, Joel Gray. It's just a shot of him just nodding his head with a smirk on his face, and then it goes back to everybody singing, and it's 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 just like a cutaway where you just go like, okay, this is amazing what I'm watching right now. Do you have movies like that where that you've seen that you've just, I mean, we, we were talking about what might have influenced you when you were a kid or you, Gillian, uh, you know, besides obviously the familial attachment to, to Bridge on the River, River Kwai. Well, I, I think the, f- the film that I saw, I think I saw it at Sag Harbor Cinema actually, uh, was Persona. I don't even know that. Uh, Bergman. And oh. I had never seen a film like that. And again, you know, I probably have to look at the film again because my I'm completely brain dead at this point in my life. Um, and I, but what for me was this sort of this visual idea of these women whose whose personalities are merging, and it's it's very homoerotic, and it's very very beautiful. I I, I think I know because I think that Woody Allen gives a tip of the hat to it in Love and Death when they're talking about wheat, and then there's one point where you see Diane. Diane Keaton and whoever the other woman's yeah. face and their faces like and they both say the word wheat. So so I've seen Woody Allen's oh, take yeah. off on Bergman. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny about Bergman just um, he he actually started in pornography, which I think not right. many Americans know. But at the moment when he was p- picking up a camera, uh, pornography in Sweden was a uh, kind of a social cultural statement against the mommy government. You don't own our bodies, and and so. You know, Bergman has this illustrious long career. He was a comedian, which I think many Americans don't. <laughs> don't imagine that. Well, they don't. Many Americans <laughs> don't realize that, that he was having a piss on so many things, but that he really did start with like this incredible social commentary. Although we would look at it and say it, it's it's Soft porn. It's porn, and and I always think that's interesting when I hear about Bergman. Do you have movie movie moments or I, or anything? Well, that? you know, it's interesting because my beside the the, the the movie theater in the morning where I was not going to school, the, the biggest formative experience for me was summer in where we were going in Cinque Terre, uh, mm-hmm. and there was a, an outdoor movie theater, and the, and we were going to the movies every night. And and the, the things that it was very varied. It was a lot of westerns. I mean, I think I've seen The Searchers fifteen times <laughs> yeah, because they were for you. Yeah, and, and, were, and does he ever love her at the end? Uh, no. <laughs> no it's, it's, no, no, no. It's just you know stuck like that. And but uh, but uh, but you know there was a lot of westerns. There was um, a very good amount of horror. There are Argento in particular, uh, mm. and it's a spaghetti western. You know some gangster movie, and um, and it was wonderful. And yeah. that's why the one place where um, um, my parent, my mother would allow us to go by ourselves. You know, they, sometimes they came. They were sitting in the back. We were sitting in the front, and uh, and so that's that's really. Uh, so you felt like films equaled autonomy for you. Exactly. 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 Yeah, you know, so and quiet cool. and solitude, you know, just all yeah. satellite like. And, uh, and you know, so the, the, the experience of the Side Harbor Cinema brings me back to that summer idea nice. of going to the movies. Oh, it's that's very, so wonderful. Yeah, it's very so evocative. You also have, I, and uh, years ago, I befriended an Italian director, oh, Alessandro Dell'Arte, um, and he, he once said to me, that in Italy there's something like 500 screens, or at that moment, uh, or there's 700 screens, and 500 of them are showing Disney. So they also have this other thing, which is it's very hard 
cultural statements and for filmmakers that maybe not don't make movies in English, it's very hard to actually exist and have your statements made. And I, the reason why I bring that up is because I think in the Sag Harbor Cinema, it's a platform to celebrate those kind of spiritual warriors who are out there making well, Look at Parasite. And, I mean, that's tonight, the Oscars. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I'm sorry. And an extraordinary, I mean... I, I mean, I'm a huge Bong Joon Ho fan, um, mm. and actually, if you haven't seen Memories of Murder, Rush Out, uh, apparently it's going to be re-released. Oh, uh, Memories of Murder is a stunning film, and I thought Parasite was. I mean, I, what we're fascinated by, I think, is that a film, a Korean film, has been so successful. Um, obviously, subject matter thematically, you know, very but much but, of the moment. Right, but, right. I was going to say, how, like, the class war yeah. and the haves and have-nots, I think, uh, exist in every culture. But I think the best thing was what Bong Joon-ho said, which is um, you'll discover uh, that if you read one and a half inches that there's a world of cinema out there. And right. for me, I mean, I'm sorry I didn't get that quite right, but for yeah. me that's a very, very, very profound thing, and that's what we're hoping in terms of the cinema, and, and it's so, is if you can read those those subtitles, yeah. you're going to be open to a whole world of right. cinema. Right, well, that's right. a great point, I think, and it also really does speak to, and, and I don't want this to sound as negative as it might, but we are being fed the same meal more and more, by all of the media and by all of the distributions and by all the algorithms. And so I do think that one of the transformations that has to happen with everybody is we have to have our own filters a little bit more and we have mm -hmm. to also be our own programmers a little bit more if we want to experience something that gives us the entire uh, human experience. Very well, good and, and I bring that back when you talk about media since I'm in in, since I'm in the newspaper business, you know, everybody is very, very angry right now, uh, depending, you know, on it's, it's very divisive. It's, you know, what side you're on and everything like that. But everyone who's angry starts with, did you see? Did you see? It's the visual. So as far as news goes, I say read it. Or, or listen to NPR well, right. or something like that. But because uh, but, watching it is, everything Patty Chesky said was going to happen in 1976 has happened. I mean, network, I remember, yeah. they're going to be doing the news standing up and there's going to be camera swoops and no way. And like, when, that's by the, the way, now. by the way, without dipping into the politics, uh, when Fatty Arbuckle was finally acquitted after his third trial for murder in the 20s, yeah. uh, I think it was Gloria Swanson who said, well, the jury might have found him not guilty, but we all know he's not innocent. And that's where I will say very, we are at this moment. Very of the moment, yeah. Well, you know what? I think we're going to take a little break. But when we come back, we really want to get down to brass tacks about the Sag Harbor Cinema, when it's opening, what some of the upcoming programs are. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And we're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn on 88.3 WPPB. You can also stream us online at 88.3 WPPB.org. And we will be right back. There's Russians somewhere out there. There wasn't anyone. I heard they eat babies and have sex with dogs. I mean, like, that's bad, right? Sex with dogs? Yeah, the Englishmen do it too. We have to stop them before they eat us and screw all our dogs. It's crazy. And now Hitler's gone, we're really on our own.
back Sundays on the East End with Alex Hockelow. Alex Hockelow got top, bill, top billing this time, and Bridget Leroy. And we're here with our guests, Gillian Gordon Crozer and Julia Daniela Vallon, and uh, who is the artistic director of the Sag Harbor Cinema. Gillian, we didn't really even get around to you being executive director and what that entails and what some of the plans are that you have coming up. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, executive director, I think it's a bit like being a producer. Uh, it's Cheap. the closest closest thing I could you know do. To, I mean, it's you do everything. You, you know, the you, dishwasher. You're, you're, you do everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's been an amazing learning for me because you know because because obviously we've been going through renovating this building and we're now almost open and we will be open. We promise uh, by Easter weekend uh, as long as we get our certificate of occupation. Um, but I think I didn't know. I really didn't know anything about construction, and now I know a lot. I bet you do. Um, yeah, you were te- teaching film at Cambridge or something, weren't I, you? I was Where? teaching film at the Royal Holloway University in oh. London. Yeah, and when, uh, so yeah, so let's talk about your journey a little bit. And you you are a producer. You have been a producer. I, I, I started. I mean, I started at NYU Film School. Then I went to LA and did what everybody else did, which is every single job on a film set. Yeah. Uh, worked in development, and then uh, decided we didn't want to bring our kids up in LA, so we moved to London, where I moved into television and successfully produced a lot the of TV shows. I moved into the telly, and I loved it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I really did. Yeah. And, uh, did you work for the Beeb? I worked for the Beeb. I worked for ITV. Where yeah. It was an independent. Okay. Uh, produced a lot of t- television, kids TV, adult hear, TV. You can hear BBC News every morning at eight nineteen on WPPB. So I, I just had to give a plug. Had to give a plug the there. I turn it up. I turn up. I turn it up louder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Although. Well, I'm glad to anyway, so, 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 so as a producer, because because I I always think that there are three uh, pillars that the entertainment industry stands on, or is built on. Uh, it's money, relationships, and ideas. Right, those are the three. And and as a producer, uh, I think you kind of have to have your hand in all three. Somebody that controls two of those three is a demigod. And somebody that controls all three uh, is probably now on trial in the Me Too movement. <laughs> but. <laughs> Oh, Alec. Cut, so Kyle. Thank you, Cut. No, no. Why? Thank God, you for comparing don't, a producer. First Amendment. No, First Amendment. And he's not don't a producer. Me. <laughs> he's a used car salesman. Okay. I, I, uh, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, it is a sort of, you know, in the best word, and forgive me, Julia, you can correct me, but on dilettante, you know, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, that, but in a positive sense is that you do need to know about story. You do need to understand all the technical side of things. You do under, need to understand finance, distribution, marketing. Um, so I, I guess that's all coming really, really handy. And, mm-hmm. and I think what we're talking about here is bringing back an extraordinary film-going experience in the heart of historic Sag Harbor with three screens. Three screens. Three screens. So not three, one not screen, just not one. that one big theater that did not burn down because it was fireproofed in 1937 or 8 or 46, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> um, By Frank Capra. But, yeah. And I hear Preston Sturge has helped out. So, uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, no, but that's so great. three screens. So three screens. I, and, and how did that happen? Well, that, I mean, Julie maybe wants to talk a little bit about that, because yeah, that uh, goes back to the very beginning. Yeah, we have, we, I mean, it was from the very beginning, uh, again, before the, the, the cinema sort of partially burned, uh, we 
realized that it was very hard. It, it would have been impossible to keep it, uh, the, the, you know, 550 original 550 seats. I mean, it's like a, a white whale, you know, in, yeah. the, in the middle of winter. <laughs> right. you know, oh, you, even if you have like 100 people, the 400 empty seats, you know, yeah. and also. So it was always the idea to um, have two screens. And then, you know, I brought from uh, the idea of having a, the, the projection booth in between. I brought it from an experience I had in Italy in a festival that I used to do. To when run. you say a projection booth in between, what does that mean? You, you, you have a projection booth that looks it's in between the two screens so it shoots on both ways so oh, wow. so, so you, you you maximize space you don't yeah, need yeah, two yeah. boots you know you oh. have you know so that was something that i i brought in with that idea so you you it sounds you, so you, simple you, but you maximize the space makes sense and and then you you know you also have, have less projectionist you know you don't have to have one for per, 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 per each booth hmm. and then the third screen idea so the original was two and then the third screen idea emerged um much more much later i went after the cinema um uh, burn down, and it was it was brought in by a suggestion by the Jacob Burns uh, uh, curators, and then they, they, they had a programs in particular, and they suggested that it would just give us more flexibility. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, having even said those, the, no matter how small it is, it gives you the possibility of showing more movies, of moving moving the movies within well, the three screens, and so it seemed it seemed. An, an, an and interesting where's, where's the third screen in is the that building? Upstairs? It's, it's on the upstairs. second floor. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so it has forty seats. Well, that kind. Oh, that that kind of brings us to what we were talking about during the break, which was um, like educational outreach or something. Mm -hmm. Like if, say, some one of the local schools is reading *The Grapes of Wrath* or something, you can offer a, a showing of that, or one of the many of *Mice and Men's*, or, or you, you know, something like that. And t you know, of course, thinking like a showman, it, not only are you doing something good for the community, but you're getting the next generation of moviegoers in to see what you've done with the place. And we also have a VR space. So we have a, we have our education space and a virtual reality space. So the idea is that we can also exhibit, you know, new new VR. Oh um, my God, are you and, serious? Yeah, and that way, uh, young you know young people and all people. I mean, because we, as you know, we've got great artists out here who are working in virtual reality. Did you see the Laurie Anderson thing? Exactly. The, not only that, I went up to Mass Mocha with with Eric, with my husband, I like and it Mass Mocha. And and um, yeah. and it was there, the Laurie Anderson VR, and it is the most extraordinary it's like lucid dreaming it's basically like like, yeah, like I'm, as, I'm, as i would think it would be like if you were to have i'm, I'm gonna go back to movies trip. though i was at the last time i was at mass moco was a couple two three summers ago and they were showing sherlock jr outside with an orchestra and it was such Sherlock a magical movie. Yeah, it's a Buster Keaton movie of oh. 1925, I think, or 24. Okay, I, thought I was thinking Young Sherlock and Holmes. No, by, and, by and, and it's a it's about a 42 minute movie. It, it is on Netflix. It's a movie that, for me, uh, would save people a lot of student debt if they just watched that instead of went to film school because it really <laughs> um, uh, says everything you need to say, uh, teaches everything you need to teach about the, the potential of, of movies. That's fantastic. So. Tell yeah, us and, more. And I think also, I mean, people have come up and said, oh, are you going to show first run films or what are you going to show? And and I go, when I will say, well, we're going to show we're going to show smart films. I mean, versus, say, art films. I mean, we are going to show art films, but we're also going to show smart films. We're going to show films like some of the Oscars contenders that we'd definitely be showing Parasite. We'd definitely be showing Jojo Rabbit. We'd definitely be showing Once a, Once a Time in Hollywood. I mean, yeah. I think, the, you know, to just name a few, and I think that's exactly... Um, but also we'll do repertory and documentary and, and we have the screen too which is 98 seats and that's going to be a lot of fun to program 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it, my philosophy as a, as a programmer has always been to mix things up, you know, is the way that it opens the people's mind. And, uh, you know, you, you take a while to get their the trust, but, the, you know, the more they trust you, the more you can open. Right. It's kind, of, know, it's kind of like probably uh, planning a, a really interesting dinner party. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's really to get them to come in and trust you and then you know sometimes it's, maybe they wouldn't normally go to to see that movie because it sounds a little you know it's not but then because you are showing it that's why i think your rating is so important today is because the offering is is grotesquely enormous and you yeah. know you you go on those horrible platforms and not horrible for what no no <laughs> okay, the, you've used no, the grotesque inter- and horrible no 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 the interface no the uh, the interfaces are very very gr- uh, you know you just have this sort of lists and you don't you don't know how to interact with them and i think that's why curatorial uh, perspective mm-hmm. is interesting and even in the little series that we have done I've tried to mix a lot of different Let's talk genre about- uh, films so that, that that people are used to that sort of adjusting. And, and Julia like what what is your history with programming like what's your history what's your journey I, I don't know too much about I, you. I started off well you know I, I I started off, professionally speaking, I started off as, as a film writer and, you know, for an Italian daily newspaper and then for various magazines. And because um, the films I was writing about were not really seen in Italy, you know, uh, they started asking me local film festival if I could program them or, you know, so bring in that. So in uh, both careers kind of went parallel to each other. And uh, so you, it, and they f- kind of fed each other. And then, then I, you know, to make a long story short, I went to work for a bigger festival. I ran one in, you know, Torino, second, uh, Italy's second biggest festival. And then I, I started working for Venice. And so now I do most of the American program for Venice and I'm in their selection committee. But I still do my books, and, right. you know, and then now I... But I still do my books. Books in my, in my spare time. And I like to think that, that Julia loves American cinema and I love Italian cinema, right. which I think is very ironic. That's so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my relationship with Italian cinema is compli- very complicated. I must admit. I must admit. Yeah, no. mine is kind of complicated with American cinema because I'm like, yeah, I was like, that, that's my grandpa or whatever. You know, it's very strange. But I want to hear about what you, who you think is going to win uh, tonight. Oh well, um, I am uh, really bad at that because I always pick the movie I like, not the movie that will win. Um, I I think that this year was really interesting, as every year is. Um, I love Tarantino's movie. Um, I loved it. Um, I went to see it multiple times in the theater, um, and it was celebratory to me. Uh, and a comedy, which I think because of his style, people tend to I think. Has he? I can't remember. Has he won? I mean, recently. I'm not, I'm not I don't sure. Think he's won um, I thought 1917 was such a well-meant movie that lives with me better than actually the, during the period I was watching it, where I got a little bit uh, like okay, uh, it flattened out a little bit for me. But I think that movie's going to really have a strong night, just personally. Um, and uh, but I, I love Jojo Rabbit. I thought Jojo Rabbit was was everything I love about movies. It was funny. It was grotesque, and it was ultimately just grabbed me by the throat. And uh, that movie ended, and I couldn't talk. What and about so, um, Tom Hanks playing Fred Rogers, who of course was well, I, uh, who was such a friend to public television and public radio? Well, we wa- Wally Wally went to uh, college with seminary. Fred. Yeah, seminary. Uh, Dr. Wally Smith. But, is but you station. know what? I, and, and no disrespect to, to performers and stars like Tom Hanks, but I I don't go to the movies to see people like that uh, anymore because I don't lose myself in their performance, and I really like to get lost. And so, like, I, I never stop. And there was seeing, a great documentary. 
Yeah. And there was a great documentary. And I also realized that Tom Hanks, of course, did the voice of Woody. So. Yeah, but, and that's okay. And I had, I had one of my classic bad, you know, one of the things about working in the entertainment industry for me is that you collect all these anecdotes and bad stories. And I had, I had one of my worst meetings with him uh, really? at, at one point where, it, yeah, it's, it's, and, and I, I'll say with love, it's like, it's got to be really hard to be Tom Hanks where the entire planet thinks you're the nicest person in the world. <laughs> right. And uh, that's just an unnatural state of being. So, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, um, I don't know how many people ultimately vote on, on these things. And I know that uh, the night tends to be unwieldy. There's a constant conversation about the difference between a good TV show and an award show. And and uh, I I would say uh, what I'm hoping for tonight in watching it is is to just to celebrate the movies, to celebrate all of the people that, uh, like I, I said before, are just so talented and, and committed and passionate and uh, get to... Uh, give us dreams that, that we carry with us our whole lives. Well, that's a very... I, I'm really rooting for Forsama. Um, I didn't any of you guys saw that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's an extraordinary documentary made by a Syrian uh, journalist, a video, videographer in, in Aleppo. And it's about her husband. It's actually a love story uh, because it's about this young doctor who is against all possible Aussies, as the city is literally being destroyed and people are dying left, right, and center, uh, keep saving lives. And they were friends and they fall in love. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Sama, is, Sama is her child um, and, and who's a baby who's born into this context. And another wow. baby is born. And, and they can't. This was a documentary. This is a documentary. And that was a full length. I'm so excited that it's made it as far as the Oscars. It won uh, the BAFTAs, which is the British Academy. Uh, Last week, so did you see um learning learning to skateboard in a war zone? I love oh Carol Dysinger. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and I see that good. that's that's up for best. Um, I mean, I just cried through that. It's it that, that two two, two no, uh, of the nominated documentaries are about the Syrian war. The, yeah. cave, the cave, the cave, also. Yeah, you know, cave, which right. is about a doctor. You know, a woman doctor also that has an an underground hospital. And so it's an interesting thing. It's interesting how documentary has become um, a lot of it through the um, um, effort of the Sundance Film Festival, I think, but has become some kind of an avenue of alternative information, you know, it's, it's just, just <laughs> alternative that, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and yeah. There, there are a billion cameras in the world, and it's, it's yeah. amazing to see that people are using the cameras to tell their stories. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's really, it's really interesting, the evolution of documentary in this country. Well, it's funny, I mean, when you talk to people now, I mean, I'm not saying it in any way at all that the novel is dead, because it certainly mm-hmm. isn't, but most of the people I know tend to read either historical like like Hamilton or you know one of those kind of books or or you know something about what's going on now but it's nonfiction a lot non like nonfiction when I was a kid that wasn't what even That's my what grown-ups read no even my grown even my grown-ups right. were not reading that they were reading books by Tom Wolfe and right, you know but, what I mean but, they weren't but, but just on that yeah. front though Tom Wolfe kind of was one of the people on the vanguard of of a, a new form of writing and a new form of reporting I and, and why, why I say that is because yeah. it, you, there's a direct line for me that then goes from him to like a Malcolm Gladwell and a Michael Lewis and and just on that front they're telling stories but they're really uh, I mean t- telling things about our world but they're telling right. stories and they're, they're t- right. and they're it's enter- it's entertainment and right. it's information so I, which I think is what a lot of documentaries can aspire to yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I just came back from from Sundance and what was really exciting is to see how many of these doc- documentaries are uh, have a very high a formal ambition, you know, because the the cliche is you do something that has a, a, an information value and a social conscience, and that you put it out. No, it's it's, it's how we're in a next in a 
in a new phase where you know the New York Times is produce is producing actually documentaries. You know they have two yeah. there, and they are they are incredibly uh, elaborate from a formal standpoint, and uh, and they are very poetic, and uh, and so it's, it's just very exciting. Do you think um, because of Netflix and and Amazon and all of that stuff that um, I mean we know that the big like we were saying something about I think the fabulous Fox before those big theaters and you said you know 500 seats is a white whale. Do you think that Oh, it was a white whale in in, in a in a town. You oh, know, I know. A, no, that's you know, what in I a mean. resort town. That's what I meant. Right. Yeah. But do you feel like um, the film houses that are going to succeed are the ones that are going to be be appealing with smaller, shorter films or first run? Like you said, you're going to do first run. You're going to obviously do documentaries and and, and foreign what else? films and uh, foreign films and children's films and 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 you know and you know if if you know Disney will have us we'll, yeah. we'll show Disney films because kids that's what kids want to see right. um, I, I think that the, the, the main thing is that we're going to have a really really diverse selection and because people have different tastes and we have an opportunity here with three screens and, and we're going to have five screenings a day you know so that's you know and, and also one of the things that, that Julie has been doing so brilliantly is you know inviting people to talk about the films whether right. they're the filmmaker or whether there's somebody who just has a passion you know the way we we, we all enjoyed seeing the cameraman with the wonderful director mary or, Heron talking about it or know? last and year with um all the president's men with with carl coming yeah, up afterwards yeah. i mean and, i've and been to you many know, of them. and you mentioned ed burns so but yeah. I, I think i think the thing is that that people do want to talk about film they want to learn about film and part of the, what we're doing will be a kind of what you would call film education I mean as I was mentioning you know the film club just like the book club we're, we're going to show films we're going to talk about films and go out for dinner afterwards you know we've got a space to do that right and, um, Aaron, and I don't know yeah. if this is a sensitive subject or not uh, but uh, how will the cinema exist or in the environment with the Hamptons International Film Festival uh, are you guys going to have Daddies? programming together or is it really just a, a two two entities in a with in a similar area uh, well, the, I mean, the Hamptons Film Festival is, is absolutely brilliant, and and obviously will continue. We, we we hope to they'll come and use our cinemas. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we love what right. they're doing. They do brilliant work, and also they're showing films all year round. You know, and and that's and that's also particular to East Hampton. Some people just don't want to necessarily get in the car on a rainy night and come to Sag Harbor. So I, I you know, yeah, I, I, I think, think there's, there's enough there's out there for, for all of us. Yeah, yeah, again, I don't know if it's a sensitive subject no, or not. No, I don't. No, no. I just mm -hmm. think that, you know there are there are a few film festivals uh, in 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 the area. You know, mm -hmm. uh, one that we already have uh, done some work with is Hamptons Docks, and uh, you know, and we all hope that they will be, they will like our cinema, they will use it for their own say, program. I don't think we are, you know, no, you I have a bricks yeah, and mortar. We, are, we have a specific, uh, uh, you know, we have we have the place for right. them to come and show their things if they so want to. And uh, but you know, Hamptons Dock and then Ola is another festival, so we we all hope that they will want to use our space because it's going to be beautiful. And right. also, and we have a place to hang out. I mean, so I think you know, you you know how do we survive in the 21st century and that is really about the kind of space so we have a we we built a third floor which is kind of a last minute decision but we built this third floor which is extraordinary space with views sunset views i want to go to terraces right. and, and you know you can come and you can hang out and you can enjoy film and you can talk about film uh, we're going to have you know we'll have uh, you know education programs as i said before but also it's just like if you just want to sit right. there and, and drink a cup of coffee and I, i'm saying this not to put you guys on the spot, but what about concessions? Like, what about what you're going to be serving there? 
that might allow people to have more of a 360 degree experience. That's not my department. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I don't know much. We yeah. don't have yeah. a grease trap, yeah. which means that we won't be having, you know, a kitchen. Um, right. But we're going to have a grab and go cafe as you come into the cinema. So you can have a kind of, you know, grab a sandwich, get a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. you know, get back on the jitney or whatever, you know. And then uh, we're going to have the usual popcorn and candy and healthy treats for everybody. Right. I, I uh, say I don't go to movies to have healthy treats. No, no, but but I I say it because I I almost wonder if uh, with with some of the farm-to-table stuff happening, if there's a way to even kind of offer that experience. We're going to work with all the local providers. But you probably have to kind of start... Yeah. Small and then work but, your but way really, up so you, you don't know, overshoot. We, we want you know? quality, but obviously it can't be massively expensive. We want it to be simple. Mm. Um, we want it to be the right price, too. So it's it's really, you know, what we're working on right now. Okay, so we're going to come right back. We've got lots more questions. Alec is fanboying. I I'm am fanboying. So we're going to be right back Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sacco. And our guests, Gillian Gordon-Crozier and Julia Daniela Vallon from the Sag Harbor Cinema. We'll be right back after this. Time goes slowly, but carries on. And now the best years have come and gone. You took me by surprise. Back Sundays on the East End. Bridget Leroy. Oh no, I wasn't even going to go that. Oh. Yes, yes, Alex Hawkwell. Uh, Bridgehampton Inn. Uh, WPPB. <laughs> yeah, what, 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 Julia Gillian, what yeah. were you? What were you about no, to say? Uh, um, what was I about to say? God, so that requires. Oh, will you guys have like shorts before the feature? You know, sometime yes. If it's uh, not not as a not as a as a rule, you know, that it's it's one of those things that uh, it, it was a nice ritual, yeah. and you know, and I, I thought, for example, uh, when I'm starting to imagine the opening, you know, I thought maybe you know we'll get we'll pop one cartoon, you know, like a Roadrunner thing before, right. ju- you know, just to create, yeah. but not as a rule, you know. I think right. I think, and, I think and, and so newsreels are out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring your hey. newsreel. What do you? Yeah, yeah. Who is doing newsreel? Yeah. Like old news. No, but I love like the Brad Bird short, like all the only good short, yeah. The little animated shorts are so awesome. Yeah, like no, the no, there is. Yeah, the there is. You know, there is a place for it. It just yeah. depends on you know on the film, and it depends on yeah. But uh, and also, really, I think we really want to showcase Long Island talent. Mm-hmm. Well, know? let's talk about And there's about a lot Long of filmmakers, Island. as you know, out here. Yeah, um, well, and also, so. and also, I mean, the very history of, of of movie making in America, you know, started in Queens and New Jersey before it moved out west, and and by by the Warner Brothers. There you go. I I didn't. I thought they got in, no, in they, a different way. Was that their? That was yeah. They were in Astoria and they were doing um, the Nickelodeons and stuff. And yeah. then they started. Then they made the you know movie. Uh, lots of little Nickelodeon movies. And then they made the Jazz Singer. And I told you. I think I have my my grandmother. My grandmother was 19 years old at the opening night of the Jazz Singer in in New York, and she she typed up her experience. And her uncle Sam Warner had died just a few days before so he wasn't able to see it but she talks about how when you know when uh, Al Jolson is singing you know the Col Nidre um and and you know it, all of that and how touched oh, she was it's it's amazing and what it was like so it all started here when words yeah. started and, yeah. and there's there has been you know about a hundred years of artists and storytellers who have either made Long Island uh their full-time home or made it part of their life and so i also think there's such a rich tradition of of people out here i know when i was a kid 
and I was working catering jobs out here, you know, you would see people and be told who they are, whether it was a Kurt Vonnegut in, in the case of movies, uh, books, I mean, or, um, you know, uh, Roy Scheider in the case of movies, and and, and a big part of this like area, Schilder, this magical area. Right. Yeah. I met Marilyn Monroe. You did? Mm-hmm. When she was out here? like she, the, Yeah, she was living yeah. at the Potter's Farm, you know, in, right, right. in, in Amagansett, and I was nine years old, wow. and uh, I got to go have Coca-Cola and Oreos with Marilyn Monroe. Oh, my so gosh. <laughs> that's so neat. What a memory. But that's the best story yet. Yeah, I think uh, I think you and win. And Neil Brenner was there, too. So, I mean, Penny Potter, who was an you know yeah. angel in the theater, uh, had all these houses and that she would she would either that's give Job's them or rent mom, them out. Right? Job's yeah. mom. Yeah, yeah. And Exactly. That's amazing. I love it. Wow, that's the coolest story I think we've ever had here. Oreos and Coke with Marilyn. That was was really what got me there. I didn't quite understand what I was doing, but I I do remember her coming into the hardware store in in Amagansett, and it was the first time in my life I understood the power of woman. Mm. And all of these completely reasonable, my father, you know, the theologian, you know, all of these people, you know, lawyers, doctors, just collapsed when she walked in in her little orange and white gingham shirt and her little khaki pants, no makeup. I've never seen anything like it yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah but and, and and you know uh, Nora Ephron uh, and Steven Spielberg are actually uh, ensconced. Uh, you know, or Nora was in in, in uh, East Hampton. Uh, one of the anecdotes I had heard second or third hand was when he first moved out here um, that uh, Spielberg took his family to Sam's Pizza, and uh, which is a first come first place place and and when he tried to get a table he he evidently said something like um well you know we're movie people to which the maitre d said well everybody here is a movie people they're the seven o'clock show they're the eight o'clock show they're the nine o'clock show (laughs) and that's what i always think about the hamptons is it's a great equalizer on that level you know it really is so tell us a little bit more sag harbor cinema just for to kind of wrap it up um you are planning this opening around Easter. Are there going to be spotlights? Is there going to be like hands in the cement? What's going to happen? There will be metaphorical spotlights if there aren't real ones. <laughs> right, I mean, whether we have a red carpet or not. But I mean, I think the idea is that it is much anticipated and people are just desperate to see this place open mm. and we are desperate to see it open. Um, so we'll be opening, we'll have a ribbon cutting and then we'll just be going full on with programming and, 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 uh, just something for everybody as I said before but also just packed a packed schedule Hmm. so that people get a real sense of what the cinema is going to be like well I have to ask you both and and you don't have to answer but I want to know because it's the kind of thing that Bonnie Grice used to say what's your guilty pleasure What, what movie do you love that no one in their right mind would think that you love because it's not not an artsy not an artsy movie Caddyshack that's great film. Great film. <laughs> and you know, do you know th- that? I love it. Now, do I love you, Caddyshack. Now that's you a know great that movie. Joey, yeah. the caddy, the girl caddy who wears her back. There's a girl caddy in it. Yeah, I Joey. Remember, yeah. She she wears her ha- her baseball cap on backwards. She's the one who throws the baby Ruth into the. Give me that. And throws the it pool. into the. That's Minerva Perez of Ola. She's, no, yes, Minerva. That's yeah. Minerva. Just but but also, but also. Yeah. Um, 
Um, I'm sorry, and you're yeah. still no, thinking. I have, I have, no, no, I'm no, not no. letting you off I the have, hook. Too, I yeah. have several guilty pleasure. Uh, I, you know, I they, so I, I, one because you mentioned uh, Steven Spielberg and being out here. One is um, The Postman. Is Kevin Co- and I remember I went to see it on Christmas Day with my mom. You're the one. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, so guilty. Wait, which flight were you on when you saw that? <laughs> well, no, it was it was actually in Southampton on Christmas Day, and I, I went with my mom and my sister. They were they were here for Christmas, and then Spielberg and his family. We, we, we were like that. Nine of us watching the postman, and yeah. it was such a disaster. And I, you know, but there are there are several. Of, uh, I, um, John Carter, you know, the Andrew Stanton thing, another you know another major disaster. I think which I, one? Uh, John, John, Carter. John Carter. Yeah, which you know, one? I, kind of esoteric. See, for me, it's like Step what? Brothers. Yeah. Uh, I, I have those, those what, but, tell me, tell me, Yeah, no, but tell me what you because both of those movies are kind of dystopian, and both of those movies yeah. are, are kind of about a. a, a, a a, a character trying to be a savior in a world that yeah. it can't be saved or a different world. So, oh, that's really like, what dystopia are you is? To that? I'm big on dystopia. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm big on this. But uh, you know, the, the the Costner stuff is always. I find him moving because he has so little irony. You know, and he, he was fantastic he, yeah. in the big uh, in the big chill. The big oh yeah, no, no. He, as an actor, he's great, but his own movies are completely the pride of irony. He was making a joke because the big chill. He's the body that they're dressing at the beginning. You never see. You just see his. So, what about you, Bridge? What what, well, I said your... Step Brothers, Trop- Tropic Thunder. I think Tropic it was is seriously funny. the the cure for whatever yeah. ails you. Not only will I watch it, I will then rewatch it with the director's cut because you can listen to Ben Stiller and Robert Downey Jr. talking about the making of the movie, and it's hilarious. That's very cool. But that's a good movie. That's not a guilty pleasure. Well, it's a guilty pleasure. I mean, I, I like really or Step Brothers. How about that? I know every line from Step Brothers, John C. Riley and Will Will um, Ferrell. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's horrible and you, wonderful. You, also, and you mentioned like Billy Jack, it. and my first job in Hollywood was with Tom Laughlin. Oh, you're oh yeah, and we and I worked on Billy Jack Goes to Washington, which Frank Capra Jr. produced. Right, oh, no. and, and but the thing Sorry, about I mean, again yes. the thing about but the thing about <laughs> if I so you'll know this uh, better than I would, but Billy Jack he self distributed, didn't he? Yeah, that, yeah. I mean that's for Walling. Yeah, and that was the kind of that was a major breakthrough. Yeah, it was, was kind of you know what and that was a period and that and that was a period where the way that movies were actually released changed from being very regional to being nationwide yeah. and which was yeah. actually uh, I think for better or worse George Lucas's legacy was changing the way movies are even uh, marketed hey Alec what's your guilty pleasure I you know what see this is one of these things where I love all movies I would rather live on the screen than in real life most of the days and so uh, I but I would say like I'll stumble on a movie like shakes the clown and uh, be like, that is genius. And that's if, if you don't know it, it's a Bobcat Colt Goldthwait movie yeah. in which he lives in a world of clowns where he's a birthday clown, a drunk, addled birthday clown. But you have circus clowns and you have uh, rodeo clowns. And, and it's a murder, noirish uh, movie in the world of clowns. And well, it's, it's like Death, well, Death to Smoochie is another, like, Kind of yeah, well, like, I mean, like I'll, Chucky, it sounds yeah. like. I, yeah, yeah, and I'll watch it and be like, I can't believe this actually got made, and then I'll be enthralled with it. Um, I, you know, yeah. I, I would. It's like Lebowski. If I had to pick one that I would watch on a desert the island, the dude abides. I would watch Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, listen, we've had a wonderful, wonderful time having you guys on. If people want more information, is there a website they can go to? SagHarborCinema.org. And if they want to make a donation, I'm sure you guys are still Please, we still raising always money. Looking very and much. thank you very much. Yeah. And, uh, no bucks, no yeah. buck Rogers. <laughs> Name the movie. Name week. the movie. I. The right, the, dog? the right oh, stuff. The right stuff. Oh, right. Okay, right. No, it's, a, it's 
So oh, it's it's not done facetiously. It's actually literally no no Buck no Buck Rogers because yeah, it's that space movie. travel. Yeah, yeah. That's actually Which a really good Tom Wolf. That's one of those really good adaptations. I happen to love that movie. That's beautiful. Film. Yeah. Um, different than the book because I love that. that's one of the books that I'd read out loud several cha- my mom read several chapters out loud to me from that and Portney's Complaint um, she's a wonderful mother don't judge her on that but, uh, but, but that's one of those really great film ad- adaptations where it's not the same and yet it tells the story anyway so uh, thank you so much for being on, both of you. Good luck with everything coming up. Ed Burns today at 2 o'clock. You can maybe stand outside and hear it at, at Bay Street Theater. There's going to be plenty of room. Come down. Uh, yeah, uh, with the last picture show, one of the great Bogdanovich classic movies changed, again, changed the way movies were, were made. Um, and... Alec, do you want to like have any last words? Take us out. Yeah, just uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed the conversation. Uh, you know, please watch and support movies um, and movie makers, and uh, perhaps uh, you know stretch yourself a little bit uh, because uh, these are ultimately our common stories and uh, um, things that will help. At least for me, have have, have always helped. Uh, make more sense in my own life Um, and so uh, enjoy movies enjoy the Oscars and everybody have a good week be well and stay well